everybody. Welcome to another episode of Flat Sideways Fully Locked. As usual, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we definitely have Matthew, we definitely have Jake, and we definitely have some really, really good stuff to talk about it. So without further ado, gentlemen, Jeep Cherokee Hellcat Power. Huh? <laughs> I, you know, okay, here's the deal. I love, I love the SRT Cherokee. I would have loved it more if the Hellcat engine wasn't a Wrangler. Just to shake things up a bit. In a yeah, Wrangler? in a Wrangler. In a Wrangler? Hey, Jake, how much axle hop would that do? You're kind of our oh, racer good slash Lord. engineer guy. <laughs> I think you feet of it. Death wobble to the extreme. Oh, I, I have a feeling that chassis might just twist. I'm not saying it's a bad chassis, but I'm not saying it can hold seven. I, I think it can. Hundred horsepower. I think it can. Well, yeah, I don't know about well, that. Well, let's talk about what what this thing is. This is an S. This is a hundred thousand dollar SUV. Once you start checking the boxes, mm-hmm. I think it starts out around eighty. Um, it still has the same interior with some nice stuff, some leather, as the thirty forty thousand dollar one. But it is a absolute animal and does zero to sixty in I think they were saying right around three and a half seconds. Three and a half seconds for something that can tow fifty four hundred pounds. Uh, actually, insane. it can tow. It can tow seventy two hundred I mean, pounds, so it's a to. usable vehicle. Well, let's talk about the front brakes because the wheels on my Miata, the wheels on my Miata are smaller than the brake discs. <laughs> they have like fifteen <laughs> plus inch freaking brake wow. discs. It's insane. I mean, th- think about it. We're talking about an SUV that does zero to 60 in quicker than any Mustang, like the general normal Mustang has ever done from the factory. Have we ever, have we figured out who yeah. this car is actually for yet? Uh, yeah. People who yeah. enjoyed playing Midnight Club Dub Edition mm. when it was out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think it's, uh, yeah, and I've seen these people out there. And, uh, frankly, I kind of like it. It's, for me, it's, it's a vehicle for a working professional that either needs to have a towing ability, the ability to go off-road lightly. I'm not talking about anything yeah. crazy. I'm talking about three feet of snow, nothing. You can tow your boat with it. You can put your kids in the back. You can haul around four adults. You can go up to the cabin. And, you know, at the stoplight, that trash-talking Mustang guy is going to get eaten alive. And so is the Z28. And, frankly, the Corvette probably... If the guy isn't using like launch control and has sticky tires, we're probably going to see this thing get to 60 quicker than him. I, I actually think it's pretty cool. It, it kind of, to me, it's, it's the GTI of performance SUVs because Jeep has made performance SUVs for a really yeah. long time. Most people don't know that. Yeah, since mm-hmm. uh, the ZJ, which of course is my favorite um, platform based on uh, based on beer fest, but people can go into that one if they want to go into that one. Jake knows what I'm talking about. A little, uh, yes, little I Easter do. egg there if uh, you got nothing to do today. Oh. Oh. If you got to ask, you can't afford it, old man. Move on. You know, it's it's funny, though, because a, the, um, the Durango Hellcat actually appeals to me more than this does. The Durango Hellcat doesn't exist. It's the SRT. And this appeals to me way more than that thing. I think the Durango mm. looks great in SRT guys, but I mean the the unbelievable and unbridled anger that this thing possesses, and also the ability that it has to put somebody in their place 
Like you realize, like yeah. if you have a brand new Corvette and you decide to shit talk at a traffic light to this guy, your wife or girlfriend is going to figure out what tail lights look like and what anger feels <laughs> like. She's going to be in your presence. I yeah. mean, Matthew, we have an SUV that will beat a Corvette yeah. 260. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, you know what? Well, I, I think it's right. gonna grow on you. I don't I can, know. It's, it's been, it's I just been a think few it's months. amazing. It hasn't grown on me. Uh, uh, I think I think if you had the means to own one, you'd reconsider. Because I, I, yeah. I, frankly, I win the lottery tomorrow. This is absolutely on my list for the <laughs> daily driver. Yeah. No, no, no. This is this is one of the three daily drivers in rotation. It's subtle enough where most people aren't going to notice it. It can tow, it can haul adults, and it can haul ass. Uh, yeah, this would, my, uh, this would be replacing my this would be replacing my dually pickup truck. If you know, same situation. If I won the lottery, it'd be the same thing. I'd jump on this over mm. a dually pickup. A, it's more usable and uh, takes up less space, and it can tow everything it could possibly want, and uh, it's fast as snot. I think it'd be cool. I know my wife would love to drive it because she loves sleepers. Like, oh, hey, yes, it's just an SUV. That's right. Gone. Okay. If you look at it like that. But. Yeah, I, that, that's what I like it. I, I think the love that I have for it is largely based on the fact that sleepers are so You know what it really cool. is? Thing? I think I'm more tuned towards SUVs like the Bentiaga or the Cayenne or things like that. But when Jeep does it, like I, 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 I appreciate that is there. But I think deep down I would still rather mm-hmm. have the Cayenne GTS. Yeah, but they're a lot more money. They're a lot more. I mean, and they're a lot. Slower. Okay, uh, if if you get a secondhand GTS, is it really that much more money? Uh, yeah, mm. yeah, because you're gonna have to maintain it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Let's move on to something else that is from arguably the same group, FCA. So recently, the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quattro Foglio <laughs> Filio. What, however you want to call it, um, for the new model, they are actually bumping up the price by $1,500 because it wasn't selling well mm. enough. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but Jake and I had a little conversation about this a little while ago. So basically, the car isn't selling well enough, and everybody's checking the box that says Harman Carmen audio system and forward collision warning mm. with the automatic braking. So they're just eliminating those options they're for making a standard. probably try to bring the production cost down. Um, I think it's a horrible Mm. idea. This car isn't selling well at all, so a price jump is probably one of the worst moves. Uh, In addition to that, it's massively unreliable. Universally. It doesn't matter what engine you pick. It doesn't matter what color you choose. (laughs) It doesn't matter what your name is or your heritage. It's equal opportunity. Leave your shit on the side of the road. I hate to say Alpha, try again. <laughs> I hope that meeting wasn't I important. hate to say Alpha, try again. But I hate to say Alpha, go home and try again because they've been trying to enter the U.S. market since like 2005. I think I think Alpha, go back and spend six more months doing uh, doing some R&D, some, some quality testing on some components here. Because it isn't, as a whole, the, the vehicle isn't a problem. I, I just... There's been one folly after yeah. the next, and Jake knows what I'm talking about here. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, they started, they're like, oh, yeah, it's absolutely coming in a manual. Totally coming in a manual. Guys, you want to get in a manual? You got it in a manual. Clark, you get in a manual? Of course I'm getting in a manual, dude. I want it in a manual. So then it, it, it gets to the U.S., and we're like, hey, so 
you were saying about that manual, guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah well, um, we're, we're going to do the manual. It's just going to come out a little bit later. Oh, okay, cool. So um, when later? And they're like, oh, well, uh, actually, we're, we're not actually coming out with a manual. By manual, we meant automatic. Is that what you meant? You meant that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the rumor is that the clutch pedal plus uh, safety and crash meant clutch pedal in people's mm. feet. So the Ooh. likelihood of them not having a manual is because the body is so soft, which brings up visions to me of the Saab 9000, if anybody knows that story. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. Saab and Alpha were jointly developing a car together, and Alfa Romeo was like, it's great, it's so safe, it's wonderful. And the, sweet, and the people at Saab then took that same chassis that, that Alpha was like, it's wonderful, it's the safest thing ever. And they tested it, and they were like, deplorable, unacceptable, we shouldn't put human beings in this. I question even putting hamsters in crash test dummies. I feel bad right now. So, you know, just different perspectives, I guess. <laughs> I, I want a manual, though. I mean, this car screams for a manual. I think it looks freaking awesome. I saw one yesterday driving down the street. I still have hope for this thing. I still need to see one first before I make a decision. Because it, it just looks generically it, Italian. It, it doesn't. It stands yeah. out in person. It looks mm-hmm. it looks properly sharp. I, I will say that. It's just they need to figure out that reliability thing. And this has been an issue with FCA for a long time. Um, I'll t- we'll tell you what, guys. Uh, do you give it the thumbs up or the uh, thumbs middle. down? Okay. We well, got one middle? I'm still thumbs up for the car. Uh, let's face it, 1500 bucks extra. People who are in the market for one of these things, that's pocket change for them. And it's, it's, they're getting the options that they're probably going to be checking off on the options list anyway. So All right. I, I'm still thumbs up for it. I, I give a thumbs up too. Um, I'm going to harp on it a little bit, but dang truth is it's, it's still a cool car in my opinion. When it's running, it makes, but, it makes nice sounds and it looks sexy. So <laughs> I'm going to give it a pass. What, what is actually getting a manual option though? Oh, no. Supra. Oh, say it again. Supra. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yep, guys. Yeah, Toyota. Uh, amongst all the rumors and speculation that the Supra won't actually get a manual, Toyota was like, hey, no, we're actually giving it a manual on the, the, the new sports car we're making with BMW that may or may not be called Supra. Well, I mean, I, I want to go ahead and like clarify this because this is – you want to talk about – you know, down the rabbit hole a little bit. So, and, and this is a direct quote from carscoops.com, by the way. Um, kind of want to give them a plug because we, we use a lot of their website to put our episode together. So, hey, guys, check that out if you want to. Um, taking, and, and this is a direct quote from the article, of course. Taking to the IH8 mud form, a member claims to have dinner with a respected Toyota representative who divulged a few details about the new Supra, the rep named Dave has been involved in the product development of most modern North American Toyota models, including the 200th series Land Cruiser. When we quizzed about the new sports car, the rep claimed it would be released in 2019 and have a manual transmission. Hmm. Dave. Do you guys, do you guys actually believe this? Because Dave, Dave said it's going to be true. It, yeah, well, it, do- we, now that we've got a, you know, we got a name, we can go after him if it doesn't happen, right? We're just gonna hunt down Dave with uh, pitchforks and torches. Well, do we know how? I'm already sharpening mine. Do we know how close this and the uh, the new BMW Z4 is gonna actually be when it comes turn to 
you know, drivetrain options? Define close. Or, oh, okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, slight differences. Yeah. Um, I mean, l- let's be honest. Um, they're kind of pulling a, uh, a yeah. Miata deal, like Miata and, uh, and Fiat did. So, so, I mean, it makes sense. It's probably going to have chassis shared. We're obviously going to see more yeah. body changes because, I mean, there's a massive, massive cost to both these vehicles. So they can have that versus the Miata, which they had to just minimize. I think we're going to see different motors as well. You know what I think we will see on a pairing up here? And Jake, what do you think about this? Probably see the hybrid system be jointly developed due to cost and these companies wanting to share that kind of technology. Thoughts on that? Um, I think that would be very smart for BMW because we all know Toyota has their hybrid game on point. They know what they're doing. Um, and I would hope that they do work out some sort of a performance hybrid system because they're only talking about possibly 400 horsepower for this car. And I, 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 it's crazy to think that we live in a day and age where I can say, well, it's only got 400 horsepower. <laughs> I know, but, right? You would have never told me this would have been reality in high school. I was like, my V8 has 260 horsepower. If it's <laughs> less powerful than a Mustang, then you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> P.S. The Mustang has a four-cylinder again. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this car. I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm worried it's going to be a little mm. too cushy. But, you know, 400 horsepower is nothing well, to shake a is stick Is that at. any different from um, the last generation Supra? Because even that was kind of cushy in a sense. Uh, here's, here's one of the things about the, the last generation Supra that really grabs me and holds on to me. And I'm not talking about that. That like, uh, you know what? I'm sorry, I got a little off track there. The coffee's kicking in, guys. Ooh, coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm noticing here is that the Supra is and was a performance car, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. With that being said, though, it was kind of a grand yeah. touring performance car. It wasn't a drag you out into the back streets and beat you to death car. We're not talking about the cater ham of sports cars here. It is not that lean. So, mm-hmm. yeah, right around 400 horsepower. Yeah, not a ton of power. But I agree with you, Jake. Could you imagine if they tied that hybrid system together and it was mm-hmm. maybe 350 on motor, maybe 400, kick in that hybrid system, and we get that instant on torque, like, boom. So you get the zero to 60 times that are blistering. You can merge. You can go ahead and pull out in traffic. Boom, power on. Let's say on the, uh, on the hybrid system, maybe it has four, 450. I think with the instant on torque, I think that's really going to help. Yeah. You know, we're always talking about horsepower, and uh, we all know this. You can have a po- <laughs> you can have a power curve that looks like <laughs> like a pyramid, just whoop. <laughs> but Jake and Matthew and I know it isn't about peak power that really makes cars drivable. It's that under the curve power. It's that mm-hmm. okay, you made 368 horsepower. Wow, that's really great. What does that power curve look like? Is it just nothing, 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 mm-hmm. everything? Or is it nice and linear and a good punch mm-hmm. and everywhere else but that peak, you have great power. I'm hoping they use the hybrid system for that and for dope-ass zero to 60 times. <laughs> well, they and to be honest, I love the idea of the manual, but if they really want to be competitive with sports cars today, they've got to get some sort of a DSG flappy paddle gearbox in order to keep up with everything because let's face it, Three no. pedals are going away, and it's it's almost I hate to say it, but it is a good thing. You know, the, these new transmissions shift faster, 
are they're actually got the reliability down now. It's it's worth it for a, from performance aspect to to put that kind of transmission into mm-hmm. a. Sports and you know, car. I guess that they could. What they should do is offer this towards, I guess, the um, the more driving focus enthusiasts that you know they have to daily a bit more, and then actually market the eighty six towards a person who wants to get hands on their vehicle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the way I look at cars with manuals nowadays. You got the eighty six, you got the Miatas, you mm-hmm. got those cars. People who are buying a manual in that car, they're looking for an yeah. experience. You know, if, if they wanted to, you don't you don't go out and buy the Toyota eighty six because you want the fastest rip your hair out car. That car is a button down car that can mm-hmm. really take corners quite well. It's a driver's car. You want a quicker car. You know, heck, for roughly the same money, you can find yourself in a newer Camaro. You can find yourself in a newer Mm -hmm. Mustang and a few thousand bucks in the Mustang or the Camaro with a two liter turbo. And you'll find yourself in a lot more power. So if you want to get around the track at a blistering speed on the straights, go there. If you want to enter a corner and feel the car, be one with it, Mm -hmm. then you probably are looking for an 86. Maybe you're looking for that Miata. Miata is always uh, the I actually, I, I'd consider the Fiat. Hmm. I think that's going to be, I think the Fiat's going to be the one to get in three years, and here's why. It's a Fiat, and it will be on the used hmm. market. Well, I've... And the Abarth has a turbo already on it. Yeah, um, I... single overhead cam, though, but Upside does have the Abarth 500 motor, so they've been tuning mm-hmm. that thing to the nines, and that thing will make power. Um, according to a... Uh, a smoking tire video that I saw this gentleman, uh, he actually had an Abarth 500 and he was going to do like a built motor, a bunch of crazy stuff. And he realized he's like, it's front wheel drive. So he sold it, got the Fiat. And now he's going to be dropping this crazy built motor into that. So yes, I am watching that man's form thread. But Matthew <laughs> well, has something to say. I could tell. It's I like the idea of the Fiat, but as I've gotten a little bit older, I've noticed that a lot of my taste yeah. is geared towards design first and engineering second, which is, slightly annoying i just don't like how the fiat looks i need to jump in there and explain why i think matthew is this Uh way folks (laughs) because jake is too and because i am too because the reality is we're all normal people just like you we don't have a garage with 20 cars in it that all run the car has to you know jake isn't air conditioning nice when it's 90 with 90% humidity? Oh, it's beautiful, but does it? Do you really need it? No. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure if I'm going to work, if I'm like you and I'm walking into somebody's house, I don't want to smell like, you know, the inside of a oh, running you find shoe. some good deodorant. Oh, so I get you once there. Once you find that perfect deodorant, you never have that issue ever again. <laughs> Just, or you can Axe body spray over it. Never use Axe. That's how you, get, that's how, that's okay, how you lose well, job, job interviews. <laughs> this is a guy who works at Walmart, hey, folks. <laughs> manager, and I was a librarian first. <laughs> yeah, quite a quite a step oh down. Gosh. You're right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, I, I had oh to give him gosh. some crap. I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, um, you know, really, that this is kind of what I get to is air conditioning, comfortable seats, you know, places to put your stuff. All of those things are nice. 
me getting further away from, you know, that extreme, that let's get the sound deadening out of it, and what are these stupid things? Oh, it's a door panel. I don't need a door panel. I'm just going to cut that out. Let's cut out the inner structure. That's a race car. And you know what? We're all adults enough where if we saved up $1,500, we could probably build one. So uh, I think I'm becoming more design-driven, more functionality-driven in the sense that I want my car to be comfortable. I want to get in it and feel comfortable. I want to feel good. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love rolling the windows down on my Volvo with yeah. an inline five and put my foot to the floor through one and two mm -hmm. gear in my automatic and just blasting music and hearing mm -hmm. that exhaust howl. That's really important on a bad day. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> auto automotive therapy, I was once told. Yes, sir. But on the flip side of that coin, you know, we can't have that uncompromising car like yeah. we did in high school. It's just we're at different points in time in our lives, and we have different mm -hmm. responsibilities, and that's perfectly all right. That's why the GTL sells like bonkers. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, hey, I want it all, and I want it now. I mean, if I look <laughs> like this, my driveway consists of two dad wagons, the Pacifica and the Sable. But I'd be just as happy yeah, with the Pacifica and a Fox body. Because the Pacifica is perfect. You I love, love the Pacifica. You love the Pacifica. I love that thing. Oh, I, I saw some great Fox bodies a few days ago, and it, it made me think of you. But you know what? Let's, let's continue to talk about German cars now that you brought up the Pacifica, because essentially it's, it's just an MBZ yeah. vehicle from when Daimler and Chrysler were in bed together. They had that hyphenated last name, you know, like that, that guy who married like that chick who she didn't want to change her last name. It's kind of weird. <laughs> that's, why they, that's why they got a divorce. I'm not saying all people do that, but yeah. <laughs> so Audi... You know, it's uh, making sure, you know, driven to perfection performance and, you know, emission scandals. <laughs> Apparently made thousands of vehicles with the same VIN. <laughs> now, Jake, you work in Chicago, so I'm sure mm -hmm. you're very well aware of fraud and scandal. Oh, I have How... no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, on a scale of one to, oh my God, you really fucked up. Where is this? Uh, that it's... Beyond ridiculous. I, I have no idea what happened, how this could happen. And I start to wonder, it, okay, if it was done on purpose, why? You don't think you wouldn't get caught? You mean, really? This this make, this is worse. I think this could be potentially worse than the diesel scandal. Uh, the, the only good thing going for Volkswagen Audi is it didn't happen here in the States. So it's not going to affect us here per se but this could be a big deal with their uh, asian markets yeah and you know this article that we're diving into here it it specifically says like you know it could potentially have something to do with import taxes so just off the heels of the diesel scandal we hear about thousands of cars not hundreds thousands going into a very hot market that has a very high import taxes with the same VIN. If this doesn't sound dirty, I don't know what does. And I don't think Audi could spin this any positive way, because either way, they violated some massive laws. And just to let people know here, every vehicle that every company produces is supposed to have a 17-digit VIN number, okay? And it isn't supposed to be repeated for at least 30 years. They did it back to back. <laughs> 
They just, yeah, they basically just kept printing. They're stamping the same VIN number onto a VIN tag and putting it on car. How does that happen? Is that a glitch? Because it, it, I doubt this was intentionally done. Uh, I, I doubt it was a glitch because quality control is going to at least check on that. And you tell me that thousands of cars going into a digital system where they supposedly have self-checks all set up for this kind of stuff because they don't want to get fined. Tell me you're going to somehow miss that. No freaking yeah. way. I work for a company just about as large as this, and we have so many safety checks, so many CYAs, so many stupid proof stuff. They, something was going on here. I don't know what, but something was going on. I think they were trying yeah. to skirt some taxes, or somebody was. Jake, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, my, my, my fears are uh, whoever has one of those cars, if it gets into an accident or gets stolen, what's going to happen? So the silver Audi that this guy owns with this VIN number gets stolen, and lo and behold, a block away, there's another silver Audi with the same VIN number. So then if it belongs to that, it's, pardon me here, kind of rambling on, but if, if it's a different car, it should have a different VIN number, and then when the police come to investigate, they find silver Audi, this VIN number, it's got to be this guy, it's got to be stolen, so then they go arrest the owner of the second Audi with the same VIN number. And it's just going to become, uh, you know, a domino effect one thing after another after another like this. It's a snowball. One little problem yeah. gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then they get egg on their face like this. And uh, it, it's kind of shocking. I don't know what this is exactly. I, I don't know for sure. This is all speculation. I mean, who could really know for sure? But yeah. it is what it is, and it's kind of crazy. We figured we'd mention it. But you know what, Jake? You know mm-hmm. a lot about aerodynamics, don't you? I know a little bit. What do you think about these new wheels on the Tesla Model 3? Well, um, according to uh, somebody that works at Tesla who has one of these threes with the aero package, it actually increases the uh, range by 10%, just these wheels. They're not bad looking. Now, I don't think they're the best looking wheels out there, but they aren't bad looking at all. And it, when you're talking about a base model electric car, 10% a big number. That's a lot of miles you, you're going to gain just by putting some wheels on a car. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Matthew, would you kick it out of the bed for eating cookies? Eh, it depends. I wouldn't. Depends. I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Okay, so I mean, you'd 10% rock it. I mean, 10% to 10%, um, especially with electricity. That's more range. Uh-huh. All right. I give it one thumbs up. I like it. Jake? I'm all for it. Thumbs Matt, up. I feel like Matthew. on a car like this, you have to look at it at an engineering standpoint. So, thumbs up. Thumbs up. how many thumbs? thumbs up. That's a thumbs up. Okay, thumbs up. Thumbs Still up. Still waking up, <laughs> Three <folks>. thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's 11 o'clock. By the way, his breakfast has Oreos in it. I have not well, like okay, no, the I, kind I that come in the, the cereal box. All right. <laughs> We're talking about the, <laughs> he started with the Oreos, and then he moved to the hash browns. I don't know if this is okay down <laughs> south, dude. You might be getting yourself in trouble. I think there's some laws in the books. What? <laughs> now, yeah. there is one thing here that one of us has been wanting to talk about for, for quite some time. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. he's been hounding us about it, but as he should because – Frankly, it's pretty important. Yeah. I'm going to let Jake take this one away. So, Jake, why don't you go ahead right. and dive into this? 
All right, so we were talking about Tesla here a second ago, and uh, we'll go from one efficient vehicle to another supposedly efficient vehicle. Um, Elio Motors, I've been following these guys since they first started uh, publicly talking about their vision and their, they brought out their concept. It's a three-wheeled, uh, more or less auto cycle. So it's two wheels up front, single wheel in the back, sits two people, one in front of the other. It's front-wheel drive. But they're claiming 84 miles to the gallon and a brand new car with a five-star crash rating for, I think, the original price they were saying was $6,400, brand new with a warranty. At the time, I had uh, a 60-mile one-way commute to work and was driving an Audi TT. Yeah, so my gas prices were through the roof, and I figured if I can find something for six to seven grand brand new with a warranty that I can drive to and from work and run to this grocery store real quick with, I would be all over it. And I've been watching these guys for a while. Unfortunately, they are now down to about $40,000 in their bank. They're making huge cuts to their staff and their workforce and still don't have a product to release to sell to people. And we're talking thousands of people have put money down you know, in what was one of the largest uh, crowdfunding exercises ever, and they've got nothing to show for their money now. And I have a pretty strong suspicion that they'll never get anything for their money. I have a feeling Elio might be going uh, by way of the dodo here very soon. I fear that as well. Um, when Elio first came out, all of those things that you were mentioning massively appealed to me. I actually think that the little guy looks kind of sharp, too. It's kind of plucky. You know, it, it reminds me of that old British attitude of, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the plucky Brit making, making the car in your garage. How about that? Look at you. I, I think it looks sharp. I think it looks different. I think it is brilliant because out where I'm at in Seattle, we're talking I-5. You, you want to talk about, you know, New York. You talk about these massive cars that are designed to fit four people in luggage. And the Elio motor is it's meant to fit two people and maybe a little bit of luggage, but it's a lot smaller, much better gas mileage, super affordable. I mean, you want to talk about a car for, you know, some people who have maybe had some rough times financially and they need an A to B car that really gets it done. Great car. I would be really sad if it never came to market. Um, and I didn't even put any money down. So like, let me think about that now. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what do you think about this thing? Do you, do you like the idea of it? Do you not like the idea of it? Um, there, there, there were too many yeah. compromises for me. Um, I, I had a fr what was the biggest uh, one? The size. Uh, okay, so what are you looking for? I, um, I think they were going to do a Suburban okay, or Tahoe okay, version. Which okay. one would you go with? Well, slow your roll. <laughs> slow your roll, Mr. Let's sit on Matthew. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> Presently, I mean, I remember when this first came about, and I remember the whole craze with the Aptera. And I remember my uncle, he was on board with the Aptera from day one, and he was, he was, you know, he if that made it to production, he actually probably would have been one of the first early, early adopters. Um, when this came around, I had a co-worker who was really excited about this, and he kept asking me since I was the resident car guy at work, he's like, Matthew, what do you think of this Elio thing, blah, 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 you know, I was skeptical. I was very skeptical because, you know, it, it seemed a lot like it was going to go the way of the Aptera. I was shocked Elio is still around as long as it stayed around. <laughs> um, it would have been a very interesting concept. I mean, at the time, it, it did appeal to me because I, I was a young student who lived in a city. And $6,000 would have been, you know, it would have been an easy first car payment to make at the time where it was. And mm, 
I'm I'm not surprised. I would I you know if it if it came out cool. I would love to have drive driven one, but it never really appealed for me except for the price and the gas mileage. It it never really appealed to me. I have nothing good or bad to say about this car. <laughs> okay, okay, so you're um, indifferent. For for me personally, I I hope a angel investor comes by and, and saves it because I think there's a massive opportunity here for for people with lower incomes for people with massive commutes or for people who just want to, you know, do the right thing for the environment and have something kind of quirky and cool. Cause it is quirky and cool. You know, people drive smart cars and they're significantly more and not as efficient and mm-hmm. I'm not as efficient, a lot mm-hmm. more ugly. And I, I kind of want to see one of these Elios. And I know Jake's thinking what I'm thinking. <laughs> kind of buttoned up. Let me get some semi slicks on there. Let's talk about some improved throttle <laughs> mapping. Okay, what's up? What's going on? You it, got a convertible goes, top in it there. It goes you against know, what this car fun? is for. This is supposed to be like the alternative commuter bicycle in a way. It's not quite a motorcycle, not quite a car. It's in that little safety in between. So, you know, you can legally yeah, drive it. it. It's in. It's in between, but I mean, let's be honest, guys. I mean, how many cars started as, as an economy car and turned into a fast mm. car? I mean, you want to talk about that? Let's talk about the Mini. Eh. A car that was designed purely for function, not even form, not even go fast, and it turned out it won the Monte Carlo rally multiple times. And wasn't the in, wasn't the engine this thing out of a Geo Metro? The uh, yeah. the yeah. they're supposedly. They're supposedly developing their own, but the I know all the uh, the concepts that they've released have had mm-hmm. Metro engines in them, and they are working on supposedly designing their own three-cylinder okay. from scratch. I don't know. I mean, I I think they were using the I think they were using the Metro engine as kind of a basis for the longest time, and their yeah. their mentality with it was a good yeah. move. And Matthew, I think you'll see the point to this because they were trying to go ahead and buy the get the off the shelf yeah. parts because it's great because no, you I mean, know, that, AutoZone already has that, the that's part. a that's a perfect business move i i i loved how they're mm-hmm. aiming it towards the students and the commuters because those are the people that really need cars especially those that have that have to travel great distances you know they they just need basic mm-hmm. amenities something small something to throw a backpack or a briefcase in the back just get back and forth from work to school and again i it's just that for six out six eight hundred dollars you know you can get a used prius for that and you'll have more comfort. It'd still be sort of reliable. Kind of, sort of. For $6,800 in my marketplace, you're going to get a Toyota Prius that's been around the block, that has mm-hmm. probably had multiple milkshakes spilled in it. God knows what else. It's going to have well over 150,000 miles on it. It may or may not have but a clean be title. What it'd be warrant? safe. Five-star crash test rating, mm. warranty. What warranty, yep. and you're buying it as a commuter to pound know. miles on it? How much is yep. a wheel bearing plus, you know, 90, 100 bucks for a mechanic to go ahead and put it in? Give, yeah. give, me, give me my three-wheel car. I mean, that, that's, that's the thing that people forget about. Oh, it gets great mileage. It's so nice. Oh, it gets great mileage. Okay. Uh, what condition is everything else in? Because mm-hmm. when your wheel falls off, you don't care about mileage. Right? I mean, I, I got to well, play devil's advocate You got to look at where I bit. live. For $6,800, you can get a lot of decent cars for $6,800. That's not that's not a bad used car price. That's decent used car price. That's good used car yeah, price. Yeah, but how many – but, but you're also looking at most likely 
how many of those used cars are going to have a warranty uh, probably for that none, price? But... Exactly. This is a brand new car with a five year warranty. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's those whole five years. You can drive it. You can enjoy it. If you have any issues, boom, boom, boom. And, you know, let's also talk about depreciation because that $6,800 used car with a boatload of miles on it, yeah, you might save a couple bucks here and there, but I promise you maintenance is going to eat you alive. Mm-hmm. You're going to get half the mileage you'll get on this thing if you're lucky. And the, uh, the chances of you using those, those back seats and that, that big ur trunk <clears throat> as much as you would you know, versus this. I think the trade-off's there. Now, with that being said, Matthew, if this car no. comes to market, I'm no. not going to say, oh, get no. rid of your Prius no. and get Definitely this. Definitely not. It's no. not for me. It's, it, you can you no. tell in this whole argument, it's just yeah. not for me. It does not fit my lifestyle. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, not an, it's not an argument for you. It's an argument for this. Don't replace your Prius with it. Mm. Because if you have a Prius, you probably need those back seats in that trunk, and, J- and Jake gets it too. Now, granted, mm-hmm. let's say you live in New York City. Let's say you live in Houston. Sorry. <laughs> let's, let's say you live <laughs> we're not talking in, about uh, boats yet in Atlanta let's say you live in Seattle places with crazy parking so you want something a little bit smaller and you know you're probably not carting around people all the time I think this is a good option but mm-hmm. it's definitely not a replacement no. for the I mean, yeah I, it, it all depends what you do with your I'm car. gonna give it yeah exactly and mm-hmm. uh, now don't get me wrong here I don't think they're gonna last if, uh, if I put my ear up to the computer screen, you know what I hear? I hear the, the back of Elio scraping around the toilet bowl. Squeak, squeak, squeak. As it <laughs> spins around with the water flushing. I, I think this is the end. And that to me is kind of sad because this is one of those kind of harebrained ideas that kind of made sense with enough beer. Mm-hmm. And then they woke mm-hmm. up and they went, oh, God, this makes sense with no beer. And then they got people to buy into <laughs> the idea. And I, you know... I like sleeper cars. I root for the underdog. I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh, would you like to see them succeed? Yeah, I absolutely yeah. would. Um, I mean, I don't want to say no because it it would be very interesting to see these on the road and see who actually buys them. But um, yeah, yeah, I guess. I I, I think it's cool. I, I would. I, I'd love to see them succeed just to sprinkle some variety. You know them. what? You know what? Actually, mm-hmm. would appeal to me more. This what? this has a cheap electric car. That would be pretty cool. I can I would see buy this into that. for you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Ima- imagine this vehicle, off lease. You know, two, three grand mm-hmm. less. You know, some you, we we hit it with some depreciation in there. Now we're mm-hmm. talking the hey, I just got mm-hmm. out of college and I got a 60, 60 mile because commute. That's the type of car I would you, be the market for out of school. I'm not looking for another a, a gas bomber. I can find gas bombers. Cheap, affordable gas bombers. Yeah. Something different, something a little bit more modern, mm-hmm. but something more efficient than what than what I've already been driving. I would, I that would be for me. I, which is why I've, I've had my eye on the this, Tesla Model Three for a while because when I get out of school, I can afford a, a no optioned Model Three. Yeah, you, you know what, you know what I think would freak me out if I had this car. Hmm. Because this done mm. in Miatas before. Have you ever been to like a road that has massive potholes? Oh, We're talking like, oh, you know, like, take take your arms and circle them. And I'm looking at this from the back, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of low to the <laughs> ground. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be pretty. But yeah. there is still a chance that they 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 could they could pull through this still. Um, right before they announced that they only had 40 grand left in their bank accounts, they did uh, say that they were going to release an IPO and they were going to go public. So 
they're looking for another hundred million dollars to get the get the job done. So we'll see what happens with that. A hundred million isn't a small amount of money by any stretch of the imagination, but in this day and age with foreign investors trying to get their money out of X, Y, and Z country, this isn't too far off. And a little while ago, I was worried that Geely was going to go ahead and ruin Volvo and Aston Martin. And uh, look at me eating yeah. the crow because they're, <laughs> they're killing it. But you know what, guys? Let's change gears here. Let, let's get off a three-wheeled vehicle and let's get into something very much four-wheel with a bed. And you know what? I'm going to let Matthew run the ball on this one a little bit. So here's what the So if anyone stays in the Jeep know-how, you'll know that there's a group of enthusiasts that seem to get a lot of information about newer Jeeps called called the JL Wrangler Forums. Now, they've been they've been sort of the uh, the first first to come site that a lot of the publications go for a lot of Jeep news because they seem to get all the details about concept renderings and chassis details and engine details and stuff like that. But there, there's been a few more details about the JT and the JL, well, the the JL and the JT pickup for the new Wrangler. Like the name of the JT pickup is actually going to be Scrambler, and okay, so it's it's going to be yeah. like the old Jeeps with mm-hmm. the pickup truck, right? Okay, and uh, the JT is that the yeah? Chassis so the JT for J truck okay. and JL for the wagon body style. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, now I think that we're talking about a, a really cool motor, and I want you to spill the three beans on that liter I... turbo diesel. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Jake, towing race cars, light race I'll... cars. I will take mine with the soft top and the turbo diesel and uh, manual transmission, and I'll be a happy hey, boy. What I love most about JL Wranglers that they've been pretty much 95% accurate with their renderings because of the CAD files that's leaked, um, looking at the prototypes running around, and different, basically, shots from the uh, from the production line itself. So we actually see, like, the small variations of a little bit too much information that leaks from the CAD files or from, or from the production line images. They've been pretty much on point. So these images you see right here are about... 95% accurate. Hey, hmm. you guys. I just realized mm-hmm. something. The last convertible top pickup truck that was sold in the was U.S. The was SSR. the SSR, and that was how long ago? 2004 through six. And this theoretically no. will have removable doors. Of course. It's a Wrangler. Ooh. Uh, how awesome is that? You get a pickup truck, 4x4, Jeep Wrangler mm-hmm. with a diesel, Convertible top, removable doors. I'm looking, yes, you know, I'm looking forward for the JT. I think if I were to get a newer Jeep, I wouldn't get a JL. I'd get a JT, probably a crew cab, but I, I'd, I'd seriously consider it. Um, I, I probably, probably wouldn't get it. Um, just, just because I, I would like to have those, those other doors in the, the back space. Um, I do want to mention something that this article has in there because uh, I, I do end up talking with uh, a lot of off-road guys up here in the Pacific Northwest and a lot of that's rock hmm. crawling and you know stuff where, where you're literally bouncing your, your truck up and down so strong axles and strong mm-hmm. gear is really important and uh, a buddy of mine who's a huge Toyota guy he rips Jeeps up down left and right for their axles he says they're frankly unless you get the Rubicons they're yeah. not strong enough because when you're bouncing around on the rocks trying to get up you're gonna land and boom blow out an axle 
this article actually said that we're going to be looking at um, some Dana 12-bolt items, which are, like, Ooh. way, way, way stronger, which would go ahead and help them try to figure out the payload capacity on this. And then in addition to that, they're saying it's uh, the frame's actually going to be a little bit longer because they got to hold mm-hmm. us in CAD drawing. So we're looking about 18% longer here. I think this is going to be super cool. I love the rendering here. I love the little red toe hooks. I think it looks sharp as a knife. I- I'm a big fan. You know what? I've been doing the one thumbs up all day, but I'm going I'm to rock a two thumbs up right now. <laughs> I've, I've had the opportunity. Jake, what do you think? I'm, you know, I'm torn a little bit. I love the idea, love the vehicle, but the yeah. size, you, yep. like you brought up, it's bigger than a four-door Jeep Wrangler. That's Have- huge. And I don't know that I could even fit it into my you have garage. To look like, like this is so. I'm, I've, I've had the, I've had the uh, the opportunity to drive a JK across the state. Um, they're huge. Uh-huh. As as small as people may think Wait, they was are. That, which, which model did you drive? The like, JK. So JK is a previous generation. Um, was the most current generation. Oh, 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 most current generation. Two door. It's a two door. The two door is huge. Okay, it was okay. a two door. Yes. Yeah. Well, they have the two door. They have the unlimited. They had the four door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying here, Jake. Longer vehicle equals kind of more uh, less, less off-roady. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. the one thing I will say about Jeeps in our area because when you off-road, mm-hmm. it's really tight trails. So the, the guys like the short wheelbase. They turn really well. I agree with you, though. If I couldn't fit it in my garage, I, I don't know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think about That's why you get the two-door JT. <laughs> ah, there you go. Up, oh, Jake, he fixed it for us. Guess we gotta buy them. Oh, people will buy Dang. them. What? Uh, Matthew, buy, I'd buy one. I love Matthew, these. Why should Jake um, buy one? Here's okay. Here's here's uh my based on my experience with Jeeps. Um, you have to really like Jeeps because there's a lot of compromises that come with owning Jeeps. Even with newer Jeeps, they're more comfortable, but you're still sacrificing things. Which is what I what I'm hoping that the um the the turbo diesel and the rumored hybrid drive change will actually help change the tide on those compromises, but you're still dealing th- with things like size, um, drivability, um, whether or not you really could live with a truck all day. Um, things I've had with my Jeeps, like it depends what type of Jeep you're looking for. If you're looking for something more traditional. Something that really um, displays your your American pride, um, then I'd say go ahead and get a Jeep because you know it, they're they you can take them anywhere. They're fun to drive. Um, people will love you no matter who they are. Like my girlfriend is not a car person at all, but every time she's in my friend's Jeep, she she's always she's always smiling. She loves that sucker. Um, she doesn't know it, but she's a Jeep girl, but. <laughs> Jeep, I would the 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 third the second vehicle I would recommend when someone's looking for something different will always be a Jeep. So all it, it depends what you do, what you're looking for, and what you're willing to compromise with. Okay, so why should Jake? Buy um, one? I don't know. Do you like Jeeps? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I uh, I have owned a Wrangler at one point in time. I had an uh, 2001 wrangler it was the base TJ. model four cylinder five speed no ac soft top with the half well, doors i mean it was bare bones as it comes but yeah. it was a fun vehicle but i just it wasn't yeah. for me i have a 
big issue with cars not being mm. able to go well, fast. Well, I mean, okay. So and I the my friend JK is the one before Fiat got their hand all over into the Pentastar in it with the five speed manual. And I think it's because I'm accustomed to slower vehicles. With the five-speed manual and the pre-Pentastar engine, it still had more than enough pep to get me around where I needed to go. And again, you had the four-cylinder, which again, I'm not really sure what those early Mopar four-cylinders were like. Um, <laughs> I've heard they were pretty bad. I've heard acceleration occurs was downhill only and with a strong back brake. If I, if I had to yeah, think about it, was... the 3.5 in my Pacifica is probably... A uh, older version of the three five that's in my friend's Wrangler, and both of those engines. I thought the okay. three five was based off an M- MBZ motor. Mm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. I'm not par my Mopar products. If, but um. Well, well, well. Let's put it this way. So, so Jake, your major complaint was you needed power. Do you think? And, and maybe it was you power. Want to tow something. It well, they, it was it was the power, the fact that I really couldn't tow anything with it, and the other issue being that I'm in you know the Midwest at the time. I had family living pretty far out of Chicago, uh, in rural America, and I went down to visit one time. Uh, being a soft top Jeep, I hit a snow drift and a gust of wind, and it literally blew the whole Jeep right into the ditch. That's, yeah, that I doesn't mean, doesn't sound very good. On a scale it of was one not, to it the was, ditch, you were in the ditch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a Coach Brown moment. Uh, quick thinking, downshift, threw it in four four wheel drive, and drove right back up onto mm-hmm. the highway. But it, I, I'm not a fan of that. Didn't want to have that happen again. You know, <laughs> compared compared to my XJ and my French JK, I would take the JK every day because it, it 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 showed me how much of a piece of shit my Cherokee was. It was better in every aspect. It was more comfortable in every aspect. Um, this was before Fiat got their hands on it, but this is a 2009 Wrangler. So I think all the issues you had with the TJ would have been addressed with even that older JK. So I would recommend yeah. try try take try taking a JK out for a test spin one of these days, and see see well, if it addressed well, the issues you had with your TJ. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what. I'm really excited for this new vehicle. I think with the powertrain options, um, that FCA is actually, you know, making it a lot more livable. And it sounds to me like they're really doubling down on some serious strength for the drivetrain. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of chances here. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll see the frame will be a little bit maybe shorter um, than what they're guesstimating. But remember, this is for the pickup truck. This isn't for all of them. So, you know, mm-hmm. th- there is something to keep in mind down there. But why don't we go ahead and change gears here? Because something kind of big's happening in Chicago, which is conveniently right where Jake is. So you know, why don't we go ahead and, and dive in? So, Jake, we got a dealer group that's accusing some striking mechanics union of really pushing them around and being total jerks. I've read into it a little bit. We've talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? He used to be a mechanic in the Chicago area. Yeah. So, I mean, I, of course, I'm going to back the the mechanics union here and and the local guys here. They're really not looking for much. They're looking for a guaranteed 40-hour work rate, which means in the slow season, and trust me, I've been there before working as as a mechanic, you work on what's called book hours. So you only get paid by the job. You know, you could be there for eight hours a day, but if one oil change comes in and that's the only job that you do all day, you're getting paid 15 minutes of labor. And slow seasons at dealerships, that they have issues 
being able to work and get their 40 hours booked in a week. And some guys will work double shifts just to try and make the hours up so they can get the paycheck. And that's not fair to anybody. I think, you know, if you're there for 40 hours, you should get paid for 40 hours. That's my opinion on that. But what we've got going on now is a couple of dealerships. And I actually have a friend that works at one that was mentioned in the article. Uh, Haven't had a chance to talk to him personally about this. But what happened is there's a couple of dealerships decided to go against the uh, dealer's committee and uh, agree on a contract for Hmm. just their mechanics. And some of the bigger dealerships around here who are still fighting with the mechanics union and don't want to work out a deal are now threatening to sue those dealerships for going behind the dealership committee's back and signing a contract and getting the mechanics back to work. So they're upset with capitalism. Basically. Yeah. Or they're upset because they don't want to give the mechanics union what they're asking for. And, and, and one of the biggest reasons the mechanics are striking now is they can already see the big picture on the wall and what's, what's going to be coming in later years is kids and teenagers, no one's going to want to be a mechanic if they're mm-hmm. not getting paid decent and they're not making a decent wage. So it's going to become a dying breed. You're not going to have the, the staff in the future, and that's going to be a, become a huge problem. Okay, so the writing's on the wall that unless there's some significant changes in the culture here, both on the mm-hmm. dealership level and, you know, with the mechanics as well, that we're going to need a change. And uh, I, I totally agree with you. If you're at work for 40 hours, your employer is getting the benefit of your presence for 40 hours. And, and I want everybody to remember something, that the corporations, the companies we work for, they're, they're probably really good people most of the time, but they don't own you. You choose mm-hmm. to work there. And, you know, if you, oh, well, I don't like these, you know, unions and they're being pushy. Okay, well, do you get paid two hours when you're at work for two hours? Well, yeah. Why else would I go there? Well, that's all they're asking <laughs> for as well. And they should, should be able to have a consistent paycheck because, you know what? The mortgage is consistent. The grocery bill probably doesn't change much. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, these people are working. And I know a lot of mechanics. And I'm not just on their side blindly because I know dealership people too. But last time I checked, the people who make the good money are typically sitting in the manager's seats up front. They're not underneath a car getting burned by hot oil, spending, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars in tools just to stay relevant to get jobs done quicker. And then in, in addition to that, when you do warranty work, a lot of these guys get paid very little hours. Mm-hmm. So anytime your car comes in for warranty, which think about it, that's relevant when these cars have, you know, longer warranty periods. That's a big mm-hmm. deal because if you're getting paid by the book hour and you get paid, you know, 50 percent, 75 percent of what the job should be, what it actually takes you, you're arguably losing money. And you still have to make the payment on the 50 to 100 thousand dollars in tools that you have because your dealership didn't buy mm-hmm. it. I totally see see the side here from uh, from the local union. And, and frankly, I really hope they win because it seems to me like all they're asking for is to get paid for the hours that they work. And if the dealership can't afford that, well, then maybe they should think think about their business model a little bit more because you can't have your cake yeah. and eat it too. Absolutely, Matthew, Matthew. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, you're kind of you're kind of in the middle. You're you're not in Chicago. I don't know exactly what your stance on this is, but I mean, forty hours work, you're spending time at work, forty hours. 
pay. Uh, just, you know, and if the dealership's like, well, we just don't have the business to support you, well, then get better marketing. Not my fault you're not attracting enough business. <clears throat> the whole yeah, industry figure something out. What, what are your thoughts, Matthew? The whole industry just needs to be sort of reworked to, so everyone basically it i i I can i can i can see the the things i can see where things are happening on both sides because a lot of a lot of these repairs are scheduled for like eight hours can easily turn to nine ten eleven hours of work and i can sort of see where the sort of like book hours was created but like you said in this day and age like you know with with mechanics turn you know with how how the industry itself isn't as popular as it used to be or the fact that car, cars are getting harder to work on so the longer it takes to work on a car maybe the if, if they do decide to do like our base pay we're probably going to see a lot less mechanics in the shop because the dealers won't want to pay that many mechanics but at mm-hmm. the same time we need someone to fix our cars <laughs> so <laughs> yeah yeah it, well it, uh, i i think and and sorry to cut you off here no. I'm just going to jump here in here and say it. I, I know I feel very strongly about this. I know Jake does too. I, I definitely feel like I'm in the boat of the mechanics yeah. union here. So I guess in a nutshell, Matthew, if you had to pick one side. Oh, definitely the mechanics. Who, who you pick? Definitely mechanics because they're, they're okay. doing all the hard work. And so they, if someone okay, who so does I, that amount of work needs to be paid for that amount of work. I'm, I'm definitely for okay. that. So I, okay, so two thumbs up for mechanics. I'm two thumbs up. No. Matthew? Four. Two thumbs Four. up. Jake? Toes up too. Local 701 all the way. Okay, absolutely. So on to our next topic. It's giving me a buzz. Oh, oh. <laughs> but Matthew. Let me check your ID. Oh, oh. So Volkswagen, um, some oof, 20 years later. <laughs> Has a uh, <laughs> has officially confirmed the return of a microbus successor, and it's going to be electric. It's going to be based off of their ID electric vehicle platform, and they're actually aiming for a commercial market with this vehicle as well. And it should be out sometime in two thousand twenty-two, maybe. That's all we know. I dig, <laughs> I dig so much. This concept looks amazing. With that being said, though, it obviously, you know, probably wouldn't pass crash oh, probably it, 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 it will. Very... It will. I think it would. Jake. Personally, if the if it, it, it's an electric motor and it's on a and it's on a skateboard chassis, I think it would pass safety as is. I'm just worried about the length of crumple no. zone. Yeah. Uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's all I'm thinking. But I will say this. If they manage to come out with exactly the concept, because, you know, all you got to do is throw a few door handles on there, do that thing. I mean, it's it's pretty darn close to production, guys. Like, a lot of so, concepts are these days. It's pretty much, well, mm-hmm. most concept cars are this days. Okay, where are the door handles? If they aren't already there, go ahead and put them on, and then we have a car that you yeah. can sell. I would love, 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 love to see them release it in this form, or at least 80 to 90% of it. Skateboard chassis, mm-hmm. all-wheel drive, electric drivetrain. Oh, you sadist. <laughs> Dude, how long did it take you to get another how long did it take you to get another pickup truck for the Jeeps? And you're holding out for this? Uh, they just came back after twenty-two years. Don't <laughs> set yourself so, you know, up there, man. Come on. Ah, uh, yes. 
Yes. Have you, like have you, have you cool. seen any of the classic VW Bug pickups? I mean, VW bus pickups? Dude, I live in the Pacific Northwest. They're wonderful. I'd take one of those over the van <laughs> anyway, just because how weird they are. Dude, there's a guy who drives a split window one that's perfectly oh restored. He'll just daily drive it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's like an army green with black. It's the um, split window front with the tailgate open in the rear. He has like the uh, the crossbar so you could do a canvas thing yeah. over the top. And I mean, you know, is- oh, wow. The only way this and a potential, hopefully, next generation Beetle will survive if they went electric. That's the only way they're going to survive. Well, they. They have to. They have to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I'm two thumbs up for it. I want to see it again. Um, Volkswagen really popularized the people mover. And, uh, yeah, it worked then. I think it's going to work again. And uh, especially when you think of where we're going with cars, automated kind of appliances. Yeah. Can you think mm-hmm. of a better appliance than the Volkswagen bus? It just looks really awesome, too. I, I'm more concerned, like, what's the price point going to be? Is it going to be in the 30s or going to be in the 40s? Like, who's who's this vehicle aimed for? If it's for a commercial uh, market, <clears throat> what sort of business are you looking for? Are you looking for mom-and-pop shops, flower shops, coffee businesses, or are you looking for, like, higher things like handymen? Nope. Like, how big is it going to be? This, this is five years yeah. out. Um, I think they're going to yeah. be probably replicating the people mover yeah. minivan thing with a ton of style and panache because why don't you want to If they give us another Ruton, I'm, I'm just like owning Volkswagen for good. <laughs> it, it looks like she- the Chevy Blazer might but be on a, a unibody chassis and have no off-road. The smartest now, thing so to do this world is would just, weird. just bring back the Eurovan from Europe. Just bring us the next the newest generation of that, the, the one they already sell in Europe, and just give us that mm-hmm. electric drivetrain in it. It's not a microbus, but it is Volkswagen van enough. Okay. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't okay, buy okay, one, okay. but it is Volkswagen van no. enough because it's not a microbus. No. And I mean, Jake, what what's your, what are your thoughts on this? Do you, I see the point. I'm sure you see the point. Yeah, I mean, of course it's a it's a it's a microbus, so of course I love it. I love quirky, you know, weird Forward one-off vehicles control, like that. Baby. And I love it won't be. <laughs> Just yeah, but and uh, I'll tell you what they they sure are uh, keeping up with the uh, target demographic from the original micro bus, making this a uh, electric vehicle, it very much hippie like. <laughs> but uh, no, I think it's a great idea, and I think it, it you know if they can keep the price point right, I don't think they will though. That's the thing. I think it's going to be a very expensive vehicle, and it's going to price itself right out of the market, and you know. Then you know we got to make sure that all the vins are different too. If, if they didn't screw up <laughs> all that, all that ticky tacky stuff. You know, uh, five you years ago, this would have been the perfect vins. diesel microbus. <clears throat> yeah, if they didn't and, do that. But you know what? <laughs> Let, let's let's change gears here and talk about something that is brings much more joy. So now, guys, when you think about classic cars. When you think about all those obscure, hard-to-find cars, what is the biggest issue? Uh, I know what mine is. No, 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 no. Give me two sentences what the biggest issue with classic cars is. I give you 20 grand. What's what's the biggest problem you're going to have, Jake? 20 grand? What am I going to be able to get for 20 grand? Okay. Not a whole lot, for at least for what I would be interested in when it comes to classic cars. Okay. Let, let me just – and I'm going to get back to you. Matthew, okay. in two to three sentences, what's the biggest issue if I hand you 20 grand and I say go buy a classic car? I can find what I want for under 20 grand. So I'm not really sure what you're looking for here. 
You got to pick one. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Jake, Jake, what are you? That's, that's a big issue for me because for twenty grand you can get a lot of car, right, Jake? Right? You can. Now, maybe not so much, you know, when it comes to like classics and that that I would want to be, you know, around. I'd want to use that twenty grand as a down payment, maybe. But okay, if you had to, but though, I get you'd what you're saying. A wide variety. You of guys must have better oh, yeah. station wagon. <laughs> uh, well. Well, the whole reason I'm getting at this is uh, Haggerty, the, the insurance company that I'm sure a lot of you know and potentially love if you've ever had to use insurance because I've heard they have a very good name. They're opening this thing up. It's called DriveShare. And it's basically the Airbnb of automobiles. It's kind of like Turo, but specifically for vintage, classic, collectible cars. Um, they have a huge assortment of cars, everything from a 67 Pontiac GTO, a 75 Citroen H-Van, which I think those are super cool. That's awesome. Um, like Rolls-Royce Ghosts, Lamborghini Aventador, Ferraris. The renters need to undergo a background check, okay, to ensure their driving history meets that the company's eligibility requirements. Uh, the renter also must be at least 30 years old and provide a security deposit of 500. Now, what happens if it all goes wrong? They're covered. Owners who are... Well, yeah, owners who are like interested in this service, they sign up, they set their own pricing, mileage limits, and deposit requirements, and if something goes sideways, they get up to a million dollars in insurance protection by an actual insurance company that's running the show here. I think this is super cool. I think this is a great way for people to experience a lot of different classic cars, help them make that decision, help them enjoy that weekend, help them blow off steam, or in mm-hmm. the case of you know a guy like me who doesn't have 20 grand sitting around in his pocket making a jingly noise, it's just, you know, hey, two or three day rental, maybe go out to the coast, just live that dream a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think this is so freaking cool. And I'm going to be looking out to see if I can find an Alfa Romeo that I can <laughs> for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Right, guys, you guys well, so you just want to be sta- stranded on the side well, of the road, okay, Matthew, is what you're saying. What you want to be stranded on the side of the road. That you want to see oh on my gosh. The first me, thing I would get is probably be the most vintage split window VW bug I can find. Okay, vintage split split window VW bug. Jake, what, what's the thing you want to see on here? Man, it's a toss up. Do I go, you know, high end European like a Ferrari, a, even a classic Ferrari, or do I go old school muscle car, something Mopar with the pistol shift? You're the one who's making or the Hemi. decision. Put your foot down. Come on, beat <laughs> to the fire. Yeah, it's um. Think if it's just for like a weekend to have fun, I'd have to go with a big block Mopar with the stick shift. pistol grip yeah for me alfa romeo convertible i think this is really cool um if you're listening to this episode go check it out search driveshare online and uh search what's available in your area because i think it's pretty cool um guys i'm not really going to talk about this at length um there's just so many things that we can go ahead and you know really talk about and see but i do see that this this episode is going way over on time in fact we're (laughs) going to be kissing an hour and 10 minutes so so everybody listening, you're welcome. You're lucky to have been able to hurt us for that long. <laughs> you should send us money, and you should send Matthew Oreos because he needs breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, guys, as usual, we have some stuff to say, don't we? And first and foremost, Jake, you have another podcast, don't you? I do. It's been a little bit of a break recently, but I hope to be coming back here very soon. Uh, it's called the Rags to Races podcast. Uh, find it definitely iTunes and Stitcher. I believe there's a couple other places you might be able to find it too. Yeah, you're um, on uh, you're on social- Pornhub, right? Oh, of course. 
<laughs> the epicenter for all classy podcasting. <laughs> oh, of course. No, but I'm on, I am on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash rags to races, Twitter at rags to races, Instagram at rags the number two races, and my email is rags to races at gmail.com. So basically chime in if you have a big black Mopar with mm-hmm. a stick shift and you're willing to let him borrow it for the yep. weekend. That's that's what yes. that's what he's saying. It's subtle, but it's truthful. I will I will buy I will buy replacement <laughs> tires. Oh, oh, but just two, but just two, because that's all you need. <laughs> now, Matthew, exactly. I think this podcast we have we have some stuff. Yeah, that goes we along we have that. some stuff. I'm I'm just going to promote the most active things that we're up to. Um, you can check us out. You can check out the actual podcast you're listening to now on Stitcher, iTunes, Podcast, and um, SoundCloud. Or you can check us out on um, Instagram, which we actually do a pretty good job of keeping up to date. We do have a Facebook that, you know, we, we kind of sort of hang out on, on. But if you really want to catch us in our full moments, uh, hit us up on Twitter. You can find uh, me at Ace Convoy. Um, you can find Steve, our, um, our other host, who's a bit busy at the moment, at Forge Your Own. You can find Roland at Roland FSFL. And then, you know, Jake... There Rags you go. to races. So yeah, I mean, if the only thing I can really say is just just keep listening, send us some stuff, show us your rides. Heck, just listening. <laughs> send us, send us money, oh my cookies, gosh. cookies. I, I would, <laughs> cookies I'll take your and cookies. money. Send me pictures yeah. of your cookies, and, and uh, I'll be content. And, and Jake, Jake is still looking for uh, reasonably priced Apex. Yes. <laughs> one day, one day I will yeah, have that. But, Guys, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, tuning in. I appreciate you taking that time out of your day. Let us know what you want to hear, for real. So hit us up, interact with us, check us out. Um, But, as usual, all good things must come to an end. So this is Roland signing off. Matthew, what you got to say? Stay sideways. Bye-bye. Jake. (laughs) Keep the shiny side up. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.